This morning, we wanted to talk to you uh, about something that I think we all face in our lives, and that is control. That is having control over things in our lives. Um, and as I was sitting down with, uh, with some of my friends and talking about what they wanted to share this morning in regards to um, this message, the first thing that came out of their mouth was, we want to talk about control. And I said, well, why do you want to talk about control? And they said, well, uh, we are fixing to go off to college, and there may be some things that are out of our control, and we really need to rely on God and have faith in order to really help us with our next step. I was like, well, that is a great mature answer. Uh, and I just want to let you know that your students are thinking of how God is going to take control over their lives when they go off to college. And I think that's just amazing. Um, they're not thinking about where's the, the party spot. They're not stressed out about certain things right offhand. They're like, we want God to take the reins of our lives to help us in our next step. And I don't know about you, but that makes me so proud and excited as a person in their lives. Amen. And so as we, as we talk about control this morning, um, I don't know about you, um, but control really sets in, or, or l- let me rephrase that, when I feel like I don't have control, worry sets in. Like, I don't know about you, but when I don't understand something completely or when something's out of my control, worry begins to just fill almost like my lungs. Like, I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know what I'm going to do next. What's my next step? And so um, the best way that I can illustrate this um, is a few weeks ago, I had the honor and privilege of going to Puerto Rico. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. For those of you that don't know, I am Puerto Rican. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I don't speak any Spanish whatsoever. I, the faces that I see, they're like this in the audience. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I look Italian or something else. But I am 100% Boricua. Aleluya. Santo. Dios. Gloria. That's all the Spanish I know. So that's it. But I was able to go to Puerto Rico and spend a few days there. Unfortunately, it was uh, not on the best terms. My, my wife's grandmother, unfortunately, passed away. Um, but, uh, you know, thankfully, she's with the Lord. And so it was more of a celebratory event that we celebrated her life. And, but I was looking forward to going to Puerto Rico. And uh, I remember looking at my wife and saying, all right, uh, I need to find out what is the closest gym to where we're staying in Puerto Rico, you know, because gains is life. Amen. Okay, okay. I was just, because uh, I'm on this fitness journey and I didn't want to spend three days not in the gym. And so I wanted to make sure that I looked at what gym is close to where we were staying. So I'm telling my wife, like, where is it? Does your dad know? And and so my dad texts and says, hey, um, I don't think there's a gym close by. Well, of course, Google's my best friend. So I just, I text, I, I message Google. I'm like, hey, Google, is there a gym close by where we are? And Google's like, yes, there is. There's actually three. Google talks to me like that. I don't know if it talks to you like that, talks to me like that. And so I was like, oh, great, awesome. I'm going to go to this gym. And so uh, I tell my father-in-law, I said, hey, I'm going to go to this gym. And he responds, he was like, "Uh, I don't think it's the best idea for you to go to the gym in Puerto Rico. And and immediately I'm like, nah, man, because gains is life. Like, I I, I can't miss three days. Like, I've got to go to the gym. I said, it's no problem. I'll just drive there. It's right around the corner. It's literally two minutes around the corner. And he said, um, he calls me papito sometimes. It's cute. 
And he says, uh, he says, Papito, listen, um, it's, the traffic over there is a little different than it is here. I don't think it's wise for you to do that. I said, listen, I've driven in Miami. Like, if I, if I, if I drove in Miami, I could drive anywhere. Like, I'm good. I got GPS. I'm not going to get lost. I, I know where I'm going. And so he said, uh, I'm just, heed me. You don't want to do that. And I'm like, nah, I got it. It's whatever. And you can ask my wife. Like, I had this attitude about it almost. Like, I'm in control of this. Like, psh, you don't know my driving skills. Like, I know how to drive. And, and so we get off the plane in Puerto Rico, and uh, we go to the rental car place. And uh, it takes about an hour and a half to get our rental car because everything takes long in Puerto Rico. And so we're sitting there. Um, and as we get into the vehicle, we finally get into our vehicle, we pull out, and I kid you not, within five seconds, we almost get into a car accident. Within five seconds, the offensive driving of my father-in-law was ridiculous. He just, he pulls out while cars are still coming in either direction, and he says, you just got to be offensive in your driving, puppy. You just got to go. And I'm like, so we're driving, and then his horn, about 95% of the t- or his hand, 95% of the time is on his horn. He's just laying on this horn because people are coming in the opposite direction on a one-way street. And I'm going, what in the world is going on right now? But I remember in that moment, as my social media is blowing up because I can't believe my eyes that we're about to die, um, I remember that moment thinking, I am so glad that I am not in control of driving this vehicle right now, because if I was in control of this vehicle, I would perish, and then the people in the car with me would also perish, and so I was thankful for a father-in-law that was behind the wheel that knew exactly where to go and how to drive to get me where I needed to go safely without harm or without injury, and just as my father-in-law knew where he was going and how to get there and knew that I wasn't going to be able to drive in that setting, so our Father knows exactly where to take us, how to get us there without any bodily harm or injury, because when he's behind the wheel, he knows how to be offensive. He knows how to be defensive, but we must be okay with sitting in the passenger seat and allowing him to take us where he wants us to go, because can I tell you, if I was in the driver's seat, I don't know if we'd be here today. Can I tell you, I changed my mind really quick about going to the gym. I decided just to do push-ups at the house because I like life. I like breath. It's, it's good to me. That being said, you know, worry settles in when we feel we're out of control. And I'm not going to tell you that I didn't have any type of worry when I was in the car. My father-in-law was driving. I was worried. I was nervous. And, you know, when God is in control of our lives, can I tell you, there are moments where we do get scared We are worried. There are things that we don't understand. But can I tell you, God is best in that seat versus us being in that seat. As a matter of fact, Matthew says this. This really struck me, and I don't know why it struck me different. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? And listen to this. These things dominate. The thoughts of the unbeliever. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And this here, this word dominate really got to me because it's not referring to how Christians should be thinking. It's referring to the individuals that have not made the decision to make Christ the Lord of their lives. And so if we are allowing worry and things of the present and tomorrow to dominate our thoughts, then that means God truly is not in control of our thoughts and in our lives as we thought he was. 
because these kinds of thoughts dominate the unbeliever is what it says. And then in verse 33, listen to this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. How many of you can say amen? There's trouble today. There's trouble tomorrow. But the difference with how we in this room handle our trouble versus those that have not made the decision to follow Christ is we know who's in control at the end of the day. We know whose plans are greater than our plans and whose thoughts are greater than our thoughts. But that does not diminish life's difficulties. Amen. That does not diminish the confusion that we could face in life. I'm reminded in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8 and verse 17, it says this. It says, I realize that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. Hey, you're not going to know everything that happens under the sun on this beautiful planet. You're not going to. But so much so, we want to be in control of every aspect of our lives because we feel if we don't have control, then we're really going to go out of control. And we're not going to know our plans and we're not going to know our next steps. And, and faith hasn't risen up in us yet to be able to look at God and say, God, I may be lost and confused and hurting, but I know your plans are for me and they're not against me. There's another verse that I think really hits home in, in my life and, and how I approach control. And it's in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 24. And it says, the Lord directs our steps. And listen to this. So why try to understand everything along the way? Why try to understand everything along the way? Now, I'm not saying throw caution to the wind and say, God, take control of my life and I don't have any responsibility. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is so, so many people get fixated on what they want to do and need to do based on their own subjectivity that they forget that God has a bigger plan for you. He's got something better for you, more than you can ever dream or imagine. He loves you so much, and as our pastor said, he gives good gifts, and he wants to give you his love. He wants to give you his spirit, his favor in so many different areas of your life, but it means relinquishing the control that you currently have in your life, and, and I think the best way to illustrate this is this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my friend Diego to come up with me and, and my other two friends to just join me on stage here to my left, and I think this puts things into perspective here. Because the definition of control, I found the definition, and it says this, to eliminate or prevent the flourishing or spread of. Main word here is the flourishing or spread of. I'm reminded of pastor's message last week on planted when he said in Psalms 92, verse 12, but the godly will flourish like a palm tree and grow strong. As a believer of a savior that saved the world, we are to flourish and to grow strong in our faith. We are to flourish. We were meant to flourish. We were meant to grow. We were not meant to be complacent. We were not meant to just be normal. We were meant to grow and not be stuck. The problem, though, with, with some individuals that don't flourish is we hold on to things that we need to let go of in order for God to give us more of who he is and what he wants for us in our lives. 
So what I think puts this into perspective is, is this particular cylinder. And these rocks represent the things that we are in control of. The things that we control, whatever it is that we don't, I don't want to get into specifics, but whatever we feel, we can't let go of. If it's a relationship, if, if it's some type of burden, if it's an addiction, and it's something that we can't seem to let go of, but we come to church and we read and we, we ask God to fill us with his spirit. And so, and so God, being the good God that he is, he, he fills us with his spirit. So the water represents his blessing. The water represents his love. The, the water represents the flourishing of what he wants in our lives. However, you'll see that there's so much more that God wants to pour in you. But when we don't let go of things in our lives, we restrict the flourishing of God's blessing in our lives. And so, but listen to what happens when we put into practice Psalms 92 and we begin to give up those things that we say, God, you are in control of. Then God steps in and says, now you have made more room for me to give you more of my spirit, more of my blessing, more of my promise, more of my peace, and more of my joy. So when we release, we then receive. Come on, when we release, that's when we receive. The issue is, is we feel that the thing that we have in our grips is too important for us to release. And so if that is more important to us, then we will never receive the true blessings of what God has for us in our lives. And I can't think of three better people to help me illustrate the message here this morning than my three friends that are on my left and your right. And as we were talking about what is the overall theme of this particular message and what did we want to um, kind of title it so we can break down points to help us understand control, we came up with this. Are you ready? It's called The Woe. Did you see it? One more time. Somebody toss it to me. Ready? Go. And I don't think I did it right, but there you go. So at the end of the service, you don't get anything else. You'll get the woe. So what the woe means is this. We just talked about worry and letting go of control in our lives. The H that we're going to go over today is we're going to talk about how do we actually do this, okay? The O is the output and how it affects our friendships and our relationships around us. And then the A is what is the action step to actually put this into practice this morning? So if you will help me introduce to the stage to go over the H of woe is Mr. Tony Santos. Hey guys, how you doing today? Awesome. Well, thanks PJ for letting me share and I'm super excited to share with you all and just be on the stage with lots of great people. So about me, I'm Tony, I'm 18 years old and I'm going to UF soon. And I'm just going to hop into it. I got the H, which is how. The basic how is we give up control by living in faith. Jeremiah 10.23 says, Oh, Lord, I know that the way a man is not himself. Oh, that's not the right one. Wait, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. Ah. Oh, Lord, I know the way is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Faith is, faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And we have to have faith in God if he is the one directing our steps. 
The future, it's pretty scary, and I'm going off to college. You know, I'm going to Gainesville. It's two hours away. It's quite a drive. You know, I'm leaving my family, a lot of my friends, and pretty much everything I've known where I've grown up in. And I don't know what's going to be there uh, when I get there. I don't know who my roommate's going to be, who the new friends I'm going to meet is, you know, what my classes are going to be like. And giving up control that is really hard. But honestly, it's reassuring knowing that God has a plan for me because most of the time I have no idea what I'm doing. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God will take care of you, and in the end, everything will work out for the good. We just have to trust in him, even if things seem uncertain like they seem now as I'm in, you know, a transitionary period of my life. We won't always know, you know, what's going to be for us at the end, but we do know it's good. It's kind of like this. You're in a very, like, let's ah, picture this for a second. You're in a very, like, extremely dark room. You can't see a thing. You can't see your hands in front of your face. But God can give you a light for your next step. You know where you're stepping, next step, but you don't know how many steps you're going to take. You don't know how far you'll go, but you know you're going somewhere again. We don't know exactly where we're going because if we knew where we're going, everything that was going to happen, that we wouldn't need God. And also, there could be a rough time ahead that we need to grow from and we need to learn from that if we had seen coming, we would have just gone straight around. An example of this in my life is when I was little, I was in a car accident that my sister unfortunately died in. This was a very like tough time in my life because I was only like three at the time. And being in the hospital by myself for a month was one of the hardest and loneliest experiences I've ever had to go through. And if I could, like, go back in time and, like, I could control everything, I would not have, I would not choose that. But to see the things that God has been able to take that situation and use it for good has, like, impacted other people's lives beyond myself, and I'm happy for that. I'm not happy the situation happened, but I'm happy the way God's been able to use it. I had no control of the situation, but God's hand was in it. And through my story, and I've been able to impact others. And I have a picture that I think really uh, demonstrates living in faith. You know, we're that little girl, and that's Jesus. And, you know, we have our little teddy bear. It's nice. You know, that's like our, when we're holding control. You know, we're holding on. But little do we know, God's got something even better for us, you know, behind his back. And he wants to give it to you, but you have to let go of what's in your hand. So I just want to leave you with this. Don't miss out on the great things God has for you because you're scared to give up control of what you know and what you're holding on to. I'd like to introduce my uh, very good friend, Diego, who has the O in whoa for output. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I hope you don't mind that I'm the third jean jacket you've seen on stage today. Um, I promise that the next generation doesn't only wear denim, just a, a lot of the time, you know? Um, all right. So um, a little bit about me. Um, as Tony said, my name is Diego Pamalas, and I just graduated from Crooms. I'm 18, and we're going to U.S., so chomp, chomp. All right, nah, but yeah. So I'll be going there to study applied mathematics and hopefully become a behavioral analyst. So um, fingers crossed. Let's. <laughs> so without further ado, um, I want to get started on what I'm talking about. And like um, Tony said, it is the O in whoa. <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> so um, in, in the acronym, what O stands for, what I've made it out to be is output. And specifically, how give, living a God-controlled life leads to, um, whoop, don't fly all there. Um, living a God-controlled life leads to um, more just abundance in, um, in how you interact with others and like in godly impact and such. And to get started, I kind of want to share with you guys a little story. So this story, it revolves around myself and two of my friends, who I will call Sarah and Sebastian. To start, um, I knew Sebastian in middle school, and we were best friends. We made jokes about everything, um, talked about fried chicken a lot for some reason, um, <laughs> and we just hung out all the time. However, um, my parents were always kind of weary of him. They were always like, you know, he, he's a bit too smooth a talker. Um, and so even though they told me that, I'd, you know, I'd be weary and stuff, but I never really, I liked hanging out with him. So I kept doing it. I kept hanging out with him. But eventually, one day, he would just leave. He lived right across the street. His family was still there, but he particularly wasn't there. And I wouldn't find out why till later, and that later comes along in the form of Sarah. Uh, I met Sarah in high school, and we quickly got along as well. We did a lot of events together, we would, um, and we just really hit it off. And it's actually kind of funny, because I knew of Sarah before I actually met her, thanks to Sebastian. So I'd be, I thought it'd be funny, like, you know, let me tell her this, and hopefully she doesn't freak out too much, like, oh, you're a stalker. Um, but it turns out when I told her about that, her and Sebastian had a bit more of a history than I thought. Um, Sebastian, as it turns out, harassed her a lot. There was a lot of torment. There was, a lot, there was threats of many, various natures, and when I told her, her entire face just changed. But the thing is, is that Sarah never really knew someone else that also knew Sebastian. So it sparked a lot of conversations that we were able to, to relate to each other about what, how we knew him, like what was happening and such. And among those conversations, one of them in particular, it was about how she often had night terrors because of the experiences that were there. And she told me, she told me particularly, I remember this, it's that she felt like it was her fate to be doomed to like sleeping pills and such because of this experience. And it really hurt me to hear that. And it, I just, I wanted to help her so bad because I care about her so much, but I just, I was lost. How do I respond to that? So my first instinct was just to call her and ask to pray for her. And I prayed and I asked her, um, I asked for God to give her peace, to give her comfort, to let there be healing in her life. And the next morning, it was so awesome. She texted me, I didn't have nightmares. <laughs> it was so awesome. Thank you. So it's really amazing to see God in action. And I bring up this story not just to give God some praise, which he's always worthy of, but to highlight that specific moment where I didn't know what to do. Because my first instinct was to give it to him, to give full control. Because whether or not I consciously realized it, in our hearts, it's, it's to know that God is bigger than all of our issues. Like... <clears throat> And that leads to my main point. I'd like to say that giving God control brings about truthful perspective. And I think that moment for, in all of our lives can help us realize that. And here's the thing about truth. Truth isn't relative. It isn't something a motivational speaker can just twist and turn for the sake of their message. It's that Jesus came down 
as a man, he died for us and took us from our sins. And sin is such a big problem, bigger than anything we could ever face, anything we could ever control. So we know God is bigger than anything that's going to come in our lives. So, so by realizing that, that's why I was able to help Sarah, because it wasn't me helping her. I was just being a medium for God to help her. And that leads me to my first verse, which is verse, <laughs> verse. and it is Romans eight twenty seven through twenty eight. <clears throat> and I read it in the message translation because I really loved how they phrased it. It says, "If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans." Moving on, it says, um, "He knows us far better than we know ourselves." knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. So I just really love that because, truthfully, maybe other people in that moment would have had better words than me. Or maybe they would have had more experience and such. But, you know, I didn't. And that moment can look different for everyone. That, and it's up to us to realize that God has control of that moment, that he knows more than we ever could, and that through him, we can make a difference. When we get past ourselves, that's when we can really focus on serving others. So that leads me to my second verse, and that says, it's in Matthew nineteen twenty six, and it says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. You see, I had no control whether or not Sarah had those nightmares, but God does. He's control of the supernatural or the natural. He, he made us. We are already his. So we know that when we're fighting in our battles and such, we're fighting from victory, not toward victory, because he already has it. It's his to begin with. And that's the mindset that we should have as we go into life. So I really just want to take a moment and ask you guys, can you think of a moment where you wish you'd given it to God? And once you have that, I really want to ask you, let that be your motivation to give it to him the next time, and the time after that, and time and time again. And so I want to finish once again by saying, giving God control brings about truthful perspective, and that's what leads to active change. Thank you, guys. Next up, we have, Je <laughs> next up we have Jenna doing the A in... Whoa. Good morning, everybody. So my name is Jenna. A little bit about me. I am 17. I just graduated from Winter Springs High School, and I'm going to Seminole State and then transferring to UCF to major in marketing. Uh, another thing about me is I have been coming to City Church since I was three years old, and I never could have imagined me being on this stage right now. Um, this is just such an incredible opportunity, so I just want to thank PJ for giving me this opportunity and then helping me become the person that I am today. Uh, as Diego said, I'm going to be talking about the A in woe, and it's going to be action. So my main point today is living on purpose. Um, so God does his part, and we also have to do our part. Because it's so easy to surrender to God and say, it's all yours. Here you have everything. You have my control. But we also have to have our own responsibility as well. So what worked for me is Pastor Glenn for New Year's actually put something like this 
on his screen and just to prioritize and make goals for your year. And it really motivated me. So as soon as I got home, I got my planner and I drew out something exactly like this. And every week I would take these colors of pens because I'm organized like that. And I would put financial goals. I would put all these goals. So just some examples would be financial is I would make a budget for myself every week and I'd have a certain amount that I'd be giving, amount that I'd be saving. I would have the certain, for educational, I'd have certain days that I'd have to have my homework done by so that I can enjoy the rest of my week or figure out times I'd be starting and finishing books that I'd just do in my free time. Um, for spiritual, I'd try to fast or read my Bible or wake up earlier that week. And for physical, I would like try to run a certain amount of miles that week or burn a certain amount of calories that week. And for relational goals, I would write out every week a list of names that God has put on my heart, and I would just try to reach out to people. Because I go to Wide Open here, I go to City Church here, but I want to make sure that I'm reaching out to outside these four walls and really make an impact on people. So, for example, I just became a leader for middle school girls, and for my first semester this last year, I was taking them out to breakfast every, uh, every week and just loving on them and pouring into them as much as I could, and I couldn't have done that if God really didn't put them on my heart. Um, and so one quote that really stuck out to me, it's actually in my car, just to remind me, is if you don't know where you're going, you will end up someplace else by Yogi Berra. And that actually means so much to me because if you don't know where you're going, you really will end up somewhere else. If you don't know what your goal is, you won't achieve that. So where are you trying to go? Or are you just going through the motions? Because I know for me, I can let months go by and I realize I haven't impacted anybody's life. I haven't grown myself. I haven't saved myself. Um, So your flesh will influence you to stay in your comfort zone. And in your comfort zone, you cannot grow. They just don't go hand in hand. So my comfort zone influenced me to exceed my budget every week and then stress myself out. It influenced me to procrastinate and just have chaos in my life and it would cause me to give up control and or give up on God and just try to control my own life or be unhealthy and eat more than what's good for me or isolate myself and stop being around people that pour into me and love on me that I need and I would stop reaching out to the people that God has called me to reach out to why just because it's comfortable but without challenge there really can't be any change in your life So I just challenge you guys to live on purpose today. And the stronger your relationship is with God, the more you'll want to please him and he will reveal your next step to you. It's all just trusting in God. So my main point today is giving up control requires self-control. So it's so important to be disciplined in your walk with God because it really is so easy to give it to him. Every week, you're like, yeah, my life is hard. Here, God, you can handle it. But we forget that we need to also take our step in trusting in God and taking the action steps that he's requiring us to take. So in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, it says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. That is just so powerful to me because we are meant to run to win. So what are we running towards today? 
Because if you don't know where you're going, you will end up someplace else. So you guys should live intentionally today. I need to live intentionally today. And we should allow God to challenge ourselves every day and to push you out of comfortability. Because when you're not comfortable, that's when you're truly fulfilled. That's when you truly grow. And not only will you grow individually, but everyone else around you will grow. When you are your best self, everyone around you will be motivated as well. So in James 1.25, it says, but if you look carefully into the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And in another verse, it says, don't, um, it says if we, we don't live by, it's not the way that you talk that counts, but it's the way that you live that counts. So are your actions reflecting your relationship with Jesus? So find what motivates you to grow. Buy a planner, do what I did, or you can put notes on the fridge, put reminders on your phone, get an accountability partner or join a small group. Just do whatever you know motivates you to grow. And pray first. God will reveal his next step to you. So giving up control requires self-control. So I really do just challenge you guys to live on purpose this week. And in conclusion, don't forget to hit the woe this week. <laughs> and that's what I have for you today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Come on, can you put your hands together one more time for all of our graduates? Come on, these, these action steps are, are so awesome. And before we close in worship, and let's, let's recap just for a moment. Um, the, the woe, okay? This, when we worry, okay, we need to release in order to receive. So release your worry to receive God's peace. And how we do that is we live by faith. Okay, the output of that is by giving God control, we're able to see truthful perspective to help other people in our lives. And then the action step is, hey, live on purpose. Do it intentionally. Do it on purpose. Let's not go through the motions, ladies and gentlemen, as Christians. Let's go out of our way to be intentional in somebody else's life. Can we interrupt somebody else's regular flow of life to introduce them to who Jesus is? Come on, could you be uncomfortable to make somebody else uh, comfortable? Can you do that? It's all about blessing the people that are around us. And the first step is, God, have control over my life to be a blessing to others. Amen. Come on, can we stand to our feet this morning? What an amazing word. I believe that there's a challenge and there's an action step here this morning to really give what we feel is most important and give it to God that he may have true reign and he may have true control in our lives. Come on, don't you want to build your life on God's promise? Don't you want to build your life on his love? Build your life on what he wants and not just what we want. So come on, as the worship team leads us in this last song, can we release that control to receive what God has for us this morning? Come on, worship with us.